You're listening to the HFO Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. Apartment owners who need to know trust HFO, the leading source for multifamily information in Oregon and Washington. Welcome back to HFO's Multifamily Market Watch Podcast. It's Monday, April 10th, 2023. I'm Mike Pierce, Senior HFO Research Analyst. The big stories from this past week. What Housing Bill 2001 means for multifamily owners in Oregon and an update on Senate Bill 611. Fraudulent accommodation requests for assistant animals is a growing problem. And the state of multifamily in 1Q23. HFO's podcasts are sponsored by the construction firm J.R. Johnson, offering restoration and emergency repair work for multifamily properties. HFO is your leading multifamily firm in Oregon and Washington. Now, on to our news briefing. On March 29th, Governor Kotek signed Bill 2001, making significant changes to the process of eviction for non-payment, including a payment of rent, late charges, utility or service charges, or any other charge or fee as described by the rental agreement. As defined under House Bill 2001, non-payment does not include payments owned by tenants for damages to premises. The important requirements and changes made by 2001 include When serving notice of termination for non-payment of rent, HB 2001 increases the notice time period from 72 hours to 10 days. It requires the landlord to deliver a copy of the newly created notice when serving the tenant with any termination notice related to non-payment. This notice will be posted on the website for the Oregon Judicial Department, in addition to any other notices required under ORS 90 or Portland City Code. It also extends the time a tenant is able to cure the non-payment cited in the termination up to the first appearance in court. It requires the landlord to reasonably participate with rental assistance programs, and housing providers may need to update business forms in relation to terminations issued under Oregon 90 and the newly required notice. HB 2001 is in effect immediately starting on March 29th. HFO urges multifamily owners to go to Multifamily Northwest at multifamilynw.org for more details and forms to navigate this issue. We also have an update on Senate Bill 611. This bill was introduced in January by Senator Campos, Democrat from Aloha. It would limit annual rent increases to 3% plus inflation or 8%, whichever is lower. The bill has the support of a broad progressive coalition, including the Southern Oregon Social Justice Nonprofit Rogue Action Center and Partners for a Hunger-Free Oregon. Nearly 600 written testimonies have been submitted to the legislator in support of the bill. A panel convened by Multifamily Northwest is urging Oregon legislators to vote against the rent control bill and in favor of making Portland's inclusionary zoning voluntary and addressing staffing shortages at permitting departments. Notably, the group composed of residential property owners, owners, and vendors in the Portland area, southwest Washington, and down the I-5 corridor tested against lowering the state's rent control caps. We urge multifamily owners to contact their legislators immediately about this and give testimony. More information can be found at the Multifamily Northwest website. Fraudulent accommodation requests for assisted animals are a growing problem. The verification process can be challenging for an on-site property management team. Some residents do it to escape financial obligations. Others do it for a more noble pursuit. They simply want to live with their pets. Whichever the case, the volume of fraudulent or otherwise insufficient accommodation requests for assistant animals continue to rise. It can cause a significant disruption to multifamily operators. Approximately 60% of the reasonable accommodation requests reviewed and evaluated by pet screening did not meet the guidelines set forth by the Department of Housing and Urban Development or the Fair Housing Act. When a pet is illegitimately admitted into apartment community under the guise of being an assistant animal, it can create a multitude of issues for the property. Most notably, it creates a liability risk if the animal causes damage or injury 
particularly if the latter is determined that property teams failed to properly review and verify the accommodation request to ensure the request meet the HUD guidelines. While property teams might think accepting every assistant animal accommodation request at face value without a thorough review under HUD's guidelines may avoid a discrimination complaint, the property team remains legally responsible in the event an incident occurs that could and should have been prevented at the time of accommodation request by proper review and verification. Additionally, it can result in revenue loss if the assistant animal at the community, when it should have fell under the parameters of a household pet where regular pet fees apply. To be fair, this can be a challenging process for on-site teams. Websites exist that are solely dedicated to producing assistant animal documentation materials and product. It can be difficult for leasing agents, most of whom admittedly aren't experts on the topic, to distinguish between which ones are legitimate and which ones are not. It can be a time-consuming process that distract teams from engaging in other highly important tasks. With that in mind, there are two high-level recommendations to make the verification process less cumbersome for property teams. One, you can outsource the assistant animal accommodation requests. The second recommendation is to eliminate breed and weight restrictions. By eliminating breed and weight restrictions in favor of evaluating pets on an individual basis, properties can be sure they're receiving their rightful revenue. That's because many times residents create fraudulent assistant and accommodation requests only because their pet is not permitted because of the community's restricted breed or wait list. They deploy this tactic because they want to continue to live with their pet. Most often with these residents, they'd be happy to pay regular pet fees and rent if their pet was permitted on the property. By not denying these pets simply due to pre-existing characteristics, properties can reopen the revenue stream. And finally, state of the multifamily market in the first quarter of 23. Apartment sales have plummeted to their lowest point in 11 years, signaling hesitance among investors who once viewed the sector as commercial real estate's golden child. Investors purchased $14 billion worth of apartment buildings in the first quarter of 23, a 74% drop year over year and the largest decline since first quarter 2009, according to Wall Street Journal report citing CoStar data. After months of record-setting activity, investment in multifamily is beginning to mirror that of other asset types. Buyers faced with the widening gap between what a building is worth and what it would cost to finance are struggling to make deals pencil. At the same time, sellers are resisting today's lower prices, forcing an impasse that translates to a near freeze in transactions. The price of apartment buildings is also down, dropping 8.7% in February compared to the prior year. This could be a silver lining for tenants, beset by rent spikes over the last couple of years. Rental rate growth has been on a decline since the midpoint of last year. And though rents were up 2.6% in March, the pace of growth is still far below the double-digit record highs during the pandemic. Pain in the banking industry may also force owners with floating rate debt to sell their properties once loans come due. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new edition of Multifamily Market Watch. Be sure to check out our most recent HFO TV interviews. Michael Anderson and Jay Lee, researchers at Sightline Institute discussing housing production and creating institutional pressure. HFO TV interviews are available on our website or our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date on multifamily news throughout the week by visiting or subscribing to the Northwest Apartment Investor blog available on our website. If you're a multifamily owner in Washington, be sure to subscribe to our other bi-weekly podcast, the Washington Multifamily Market Watch, available on our website and all podcast markets. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week. Stay in the know with HFO. Listen to podcasts, read the latest news, or watch exclusive HFO TV interviews. Connect to our blog, podcasts, or video interviews directly from our website at hfore.com.